with a crappy one. Okay. <clears throat> Ah, freaked you out. Luke! Travis! Travisus! Hey! Hey! Corey Castle! So, let's just seamlessly go directly back into our conversation we were having right, mm-hmm. before, right before we started recording. You know, you know intros and, and those kinds of uh, just... Just, just the processes can kind of get in the way of organic conversation sometimes. I'm, I'm now, if I was somebody who could like edit stuff and like Mm -hmm. like had that skill set, maybe I'd like record something first. Like on this week's episode, I have a really fun time, have a really fun conversation with Luke, but, but I don't do that. Right. Cause I like to stay raw like Monday nights. Yeah, but that's what I'm all about. Going in raw. <laughs> <laughs> so we're saying the the muscles and all that stuff came way later. Yeah. What what came what came first was uh really terrible eyesight. Mm-hmm. Very, very bad eyesight. Uh and and uh awkward skinny fat, overly sweaty boy with a stupid haircut. Yeah. That all that all came and and the the tallness and the muscles never came till like after high school. Like, it was a very late bloomer, and the mm-hmm. girls never liked me. Girl, girls, girls, yeah, that didn't happen for me. Yeah, same, yeah. same, I, man. People just, I think, I think what happens is, and I and I've made this joke many times. I don't think I've ever put it on. I've ever gone on stage with it, but I think that the a compliment about your looks. Coming from a straight dude, it means more. It means more than just any other lady who you see. Absolutely not. This is where I'm going to have to hard disagree <laughs> with you. What the fuck is that? Because <laughs> it's like, you know, he truly means it. Because then it'll be yeah. like, oh, oh, he has to back, he has to walk it back. But I'm not gay or anything. I'm not yeah, gay. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> As soon as there's like that that hetero who's kind of homophobic, and he's like, ah, he's like, yeah. look, man, I just know, I just know, I just know, I wouldn't kick, I wouldn't kick you <laughs> if you if your balls happen to hit my chin. I just, I, I'm gonna walk it back. Yeah. No, no, no homo. No, for sure. I mean, like, listen, I understand where you're coming from, but like, my whole thing, like now, like I'm a big streetwear guy so like uh if you know like streetwear streetwear's like sneakers and like you know designer brands and all that other crazy stuff but like that's all built around just dudes complimenting each other so I've, it's like a ho- a hollow experience for me anytime like a dude's like hey nice shoes i'm like go fuck yourself i don't care man you know <laughs> and it's just because like it, I, I just hear it all the time you know you just hear hear all that stuff all the time so at you know I was like, I paid eight, you know, paid like three hundred dollars for these shoes. I'd like a, a nice lady to come up to me and be like, "I like your shoes," but it doesn't happen, right? No, you. If that's why you bought them, you bought them for the wrong reason. I know, yeah, but that's that's very true. That's very true. I bought them for myself, but it would have been nice. It, I'm just saying, it'd be nice if a lady would come and say nice shoes every now and then. <laughs> I think. I think that. So the the awkward, nerdy, skinny, fat, sweaty, dumb, bulk haircut 
and thick glasses guy was me way less time than I've been this version of me. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to like somebody coming up to you and complimenting you on something you have or something you're wearing, I, I, I kind of get that. I, mm -hmm. That happens often to me. Some, like people come up and be like, oh man, look at your hair. I wish I had cool hair. And I'm like, yeah. Or they'll be like, oh, my hair used to be long like yours. Yeah. I used to have muscles like you. I used to, like, they always say they used to. And nobody ever says they still do. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, well, exactly. If you thought it was that cool, why'd you give up on it? <laughs> true, 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 true. And the, you got nice, nice, luscious eyebrows. Do you get compliments on those? On those bad boys? Very expressive eyebrows. Very. No. It's, you got good eyebrows, sir. Well, well thanks, dude. Yeah, I think your eyebrows are pretty good. Your eyebrows are pretty great too. <laughs> okay, all right, it did feel pretty good. I'm I'm back on your side, Corey. <laughs> back, <laughs> back on your side. <laughs> we can be friends now. Thing. We can be friends. <laughs> so, uh, what I wanted to make sure I I stated to you uh, pretty early on in in our conversation was that I hope you feel welcome and free and safe to be and do and say whatever you want to say and be and do because i i understand we'll, we'll be we'll be uh, kind of getting ammo against each other in in the ways that we do right but like at the same time we're 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 just goofballs trying to have a fun time exactly and yeah. that's that's what i think um comedy fight club is and mm -hmm. Last time I did Comedy Fight Club looks like a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And uh, the guy seemed like really scared of me. Yeah. And I, I really, I really wish now that I had the had the the foresight to be like, why do you seem so scared? Yeah. What is the deal? Like, what? and every and his punchlines weren't even that insulting. I gave you so much. Mm -hmm. I gave you so much, and you, you didn't use and i was like i i the it's like okay i've never i've never won a roast battle but mm -hmm. i every time i always feel like the next day if i i i, I wrote a joke the next day that goes oh, i would have won if i would have used yeah. that joke oh, ah yeah. or I, if i would have if i would have said this uh if i would have just said uh, okay, so the last time I did Comedy Fight Club was pre-pandemic. This was like Shane Shane Gillis was like the judge. It was at the stand, and I had not prepared very well. Um, and it was me and Dwayne Cullen, if you Dwayne, Dwayne Paul Cullen, if you know who who that is. Um, another comic in New York. We had met like tangentially a couple of times doing um an open mic right before Legion of Skanks. So that was like how I knew him. We like shared some information with each other and then we just did the roast and both of us were shitting bricks on stage. Like both of us, like right off the bat, like I got one joke off and we were like, all right, we're off to a good start. Dwayne goes, he bombs, he like his joke bombs. And then I go and I, my second joke bombs. And then we proceed to look at each other in the middle of, and just like look at the crowd and be like, well, I don't know what you fucking want from us, man. We just <laughs> ate shit for like five jokes Shane, I just remember Shane visibly being very disappointed in me <laughs> in that moment where he was like, dude, what, what happened? <laughs> I, was like, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I just didn't prepare. So maybe that's why he was scared. Speaking from experience is maybe he didn't prepare as much as he would have liked to. But I don't think because I've watched I, I in in the research I'm doing, I've watched other roast battles that that dude did. 
and he didn't seem as nervous. Mm-hmm. He didn't seem as scared. And and it was like, do you feel like because because I'm a combat sports athlete who also also which this part in parentheses you don't get realize it's all a work realize right. it's all part of the act right. I get it I, that's part of what my my career has been yeah like I should I should have picked up this stuff way more easily as far as somebody who's been cutting promos for cutting promos for as long as I have and has yeah. been talking shit and has been like ah fake mad at people for my whole life <laughs> at this yeah. point I should be better at it yeah but no yeah. no 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 you know what I'm not gonna shoot all over myself on that mm-hmm. one uh, I think I think it's just like with anything it's just with experience comes getting better mm-hmm. with the best the best teacher is experience it's true uh, I, I have a, a good ASAP Rocky quote that I hold on to very, very often where he goes, everybody thinks that like, he's like, everybody says that failure is not cool. He's like, but you can't get to success unless you fail. Like that was the gist of it. So it's like every time you, you, you fail, you're just one step closer to doing something cool and succeeding. Um, but nobody likes the failing part. So fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is like the the failing the failing isn't something that a lot of people see. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have it, even like your most popular people, they came from a long line of failing. Mm-hmm. Like there there's a, a history of failing where like if you look at like the biggest stars, let's say you look at The Rock. The Rock failed for a really long time before he became The Rock. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was just part of it when right and uh i have no other examples just the rock <laughs> just the rock <laughs> and Amy you know, I... is still successful and she fails every day you know <laughs> we're all doing it <laughs> so so you're 30 right i'm about i'm about to be 30 i'm 28 right now so okay what, what are you how old are you i'm about to be 40 oh I, really I'm 38 right now. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. What, is those, what are those 10 years like, man? Uh, bro, I don't even know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a blur. It, it's like, because I think when I was, it was my 25th birthday. I remember being in a wrestling locker room on my 25th birthday. And and somebody said something about it being my birthday. And then this other guy who, who has since quit wrestling or retired, I guess you'd say, whatever. But, uh. He was like, "Oh, bro, it's all downhill from here. You're gonna tomorrow. You'll, tomorrow you'll be 30, and the next day you'll be 35, and then the next day after that you'll be four. Like, oh man, why did you say that to me? Like, yeah. I haven't stopped thinking about how that guy said that to me when I was 25. Yeah. And 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 it's funny too. Like when I look at pictures of me, it's like I I don't look a whole lot different mm-hmm. in in the there's 10 years. I don't." look a whole lot different except for like this is longer now right <laughs> like that's kind of it yeah i look like uh i don't look much different either i just look like me putting on a like a shitty disguise with a mustache you know like that's pretty like, much it like the the what was it wooly wally where it's like the magnet the yeah mag- <laughs> the exactly, mustache. exactly it's on <laughs> it's off <laughs> exactly <laughs> i saw that as a kid and i was like i want that one day <laughs> and i got it <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 
what kind of what kind of childhood did you have? Oh, bro, it was a fucking my my childhood was kind of a mess because my I I grew up I'm Filipino and Italian, so already mm-hmm. you've got like my mom is like a, a staunch Catholic woman growing up who wanted me to go to Catholic school all the time. My dad was like a penny pitching Italian from New York, like so. You just had like these clashing personalities all the time. They were constantly fighting as kid when I was a kid. Um, when I got into high school, I'm I'm also like I'm pretty short. I'm five six. Uh, because my dad's like five ten, my mom's like four eleven. You get five six right in the middle of those two, um, which is fu- you know it could have been worse. I know that I've seen some of my uncles that they're some they're shorter than me, so I'm like, all right, I win, I guess. Dude, you got that that classic short guy, yeah. that classic short guy response. You said it to me earlier, and it just made me think of it now because, like, like Ash said that shit to me forever, like all the time. He'd always go, he's like, you're tall and have muscles, you got nothing to worry about. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, yeah, man, my lights get turned off when I don't pay my bills too. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's not. I'm not saying like you you have the easiest life in the world. I understand that. All right, I understand. I'm old enough to understand that now. But I do understand that. Listen, there is certain uh certain skills and such that you you gain as a tall person and certain advantages you have. You know that forces me to be kind of like a loud and energetic guy to get attention. But uh, when I was in high school, I was uh similar, skinny, fat. Bowl cut. Justin Bieber was at his peak at that time, you know, with the baby and all that. Um, with all, so I had like the little bowl cut going on. Uh, no Sorry, girls were really into me. the baby. What What do you mean the uh, baby? The, the song "Baby" with, with Ludacris? Uh, He's like, uh, baby, baby, baby. Uh. <laughs> you don't remember that? I I do remember that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I just uh, I thought you were saying like the baby, the baby. Yeah. I, as I said I like, that, I was like, I don't I know sh- if that was that long ago. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, and I also, also did not hear of this man's relevance until uh, Dave Chappelle talked about him on stage. Otherwise, I, oh, yeah, I've yeah, never yeah. heard of the guy. I've never, I've never heard of the guy. Oh, but he's gotten I, a little bit of controversy that, but that I know, the baby I know, he gets into trouble. Well, I, I Googled him after mm-hmm. I watched this special. Was, mm-hmm. It was on The Closer? I think so. And, and he was like, yeah, this guy was saying all this, and I and and as, as I watched him like saying like, "Oh, you got AIDS in the crowd," and blah blah blah, and he was like bashing gay people. Right. I was like, "Okay, I did watch this video once, <laughs> and I don't remember." I the thing is, I don't. I make it a point to not to not commit to memory the names of people who won't serve me. Right. They their 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 attitudes. Their they they're they're. they're uh, unevolved mm-hmm. way of thinking is not really gonna add any value to my life. Mm-hmm. So, so when it comes to like these killers who they like they they do these mass shootings and stuff, and then <clears throat> and then the newscasters say their names and stuff, and I'm like, I'm not gonna remember it. I will. Yeah. I I not only will I not remember it, I refuse to even say it out loud. Okay. Yeah. Of course, there's there's a lot of guys like that who who are just like I don't I don't even acknowledge those people because they don't deserve it. Um, but when I was in high school, I was like 15, so I had like the little bowl cut. My dad and my mom split up because my dad was like my dad was cheating on my mom for like three, four, five years, and I had known about this because my dad was like he was like not very tech savvy. He was like a goofy Italian guy, so he was like he'd be like something's wrong with my phone. Can you come fix it? So I'd I'd go and fix his phone, and then there'd be like text messages from like his mistress that I just see, and I'm like. What do I fucking, I'm like 12. What do I do with this information? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kept it to myself. It kind of it exploded over time and then they split up. So at 15, my parents split up. 
my dad stopped paying mortgage, nothing like he stopped paying the house. And then like I had to like start working like right away. Um, my I have a twin brother. Um, but he's like he's 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 a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a little autistic. Um, what, he's what's a, his name? His name's Chad. Chad Trevis. Chad. Chad and Luke. Chad and Luke. My mom and my my aunt named me because my aunt was like my mom wanted short names because she didn't want people to to nickname us. So she she said you know one syllable names and my my aunt is like big into cowboy stuff. So she said Chad and Luke. So first one was Chad, my brother, and then the second one was me, Luke. Um, and they you know when when that happened, I was basically like, oh, I, I guess I just got to be the man of the house now. Because my mom is like going through her crazy trauma. She just like she she got, you know, she had he my dad got arrested because he, he beat my mom and then all this other crazy shit happened. And now like now I'm a 15 year old with a job. Just <laughs> like having to worry about a mortgage. Um, and where did you where did you grow up? Here in I grew up here in Queens. And okay. uh, that's why, like, you know, I said earlier, like, oh, my mom lives right right below me. It's because I, I fucking pay for the house that we live in, you know, Um <laughs> But like, you know, when I was 15 years, 15, 16, 17, when I was a kid, it wasn't really like girls became like a, a secondary thing. Pretty much everything in my life became secondary to just trying to pick up the pieces of whatever the fuck was going on. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, and then from there, I kind of, you know, moved into uh, into adulthood and, and I figured out I picked up all the pieces and I was able to, to scrounge up like a pretty decent career at this point. You know, so. So your shoot job is the career you're talking about, not not comedy, right? Not comedy. No, 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 no. Comedy is still trying to get off the ground a little bit. Yeah, a little but I think I think entertainment business in general is such a for on on the level that we that we hover on mm -hmm. is very pay to play. It's mm -hmm. very it's very like who you know and what what yeah. what you know and, and 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 things like that more than more than it's like oh yeah I'm touring and I'm making a making a sick living sure nah, it's that, yeah, it's it's never really that yeah you're right it's it's always about who you know and i do get frustrated sometimes because it's like some of these comics that are like you know they're younger than you they get to go out on the road and they get to do all this stuff it's like yeah of course you get to do all that stuff you don't have any responsibilities you know you don't have a you don't have to worry about paying for what you got because you got you got your parents credit card you got this you got that what it is what it is but you know i i look at that sometimes and i go like oh okay all right whatever art baby we're trying to make art you know <laughs> you just try to focus in on what you want to do you know well, what what the way i've i've uh, i've re recalibrated it in my own mind is uh i might not be ready for it yet mm -hmm. i want to make sure i'm good yeah. i want to make sure i'm fit for the service of being a touring comic, if that were to ever be something that gets thrust upon me, mm -hmm. and I don't want to go out there and go, uh, um, uh, uh, what about, what about, uh, what next, guys? I don't know. What, yeah. what like I, I just, I just want to make sure I'm good at that point. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure when I'm holding a microphone, people look at me and go, that guy looks like he belongs holding that microphone. Right. And and I think that, I, I mean, of course, wrestling has helped me that in that tremendously. I think you know comedy has helped me with my wrestling promos and wrestling has helped me with my comedy so it they 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 feed each other in mm -hmm. in a lot of ways for uh for me to and i th i think i say this all the time and and feel free to use it if it applies use it if if you can't if you can't think of an application for it don't worry about mm -hmm. it 
If you want to give me credit for it, neat. If not, what ifs? But I always say the, the, the day that I the day that I started getting trained by my coach, Eddie Valentine, he <clears throat> he looked at me and I had like a blank stare on my face and he laid me out. He hit me real hard and my like rocked my jaw and I was like on the ground. And he was like, he's like, if you ever look at me like you don't know what you're doing, if you don't look at me like you've got the purpose, like you belong here, like you believe you belong here, get the fuck out. Yeah. And and I've now I've taken that and been like, everything I do, I want to make sure I'm doing it. And it appears that I'm doing it on purpose. So, so much so that like anywhere I go, anywhere I go, uh, someone comes up to me and they ask me where stuff is. Like they think I work everywhere. Yeah. People, hey, excuse me. Do you know where the toilet paper is? I'm like the toilet paper aisle. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> look, look up at the signs. I mean, yeah. that's what I would. That's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Like, but yeah, I that's. Have, definitely... I don't have a. Uh, may I help you? Yeah. I don't. I don't wear that. I've I've been stopped a couple times. I, you ever make the mistake of going to like a BJ's or something in like a red shirt or like a Walmart in a blue shirt and you're like Target Target yeah. and red shirt and khakis? Yeah, you're like you're fucked, dude. You're you're getting stopped every 5 minutes. <laughs> but yes, you're right. You you're right. It, it is it is more of a thing where it's like, listen, you just got to get to a place. You got to get in the zen moment where you're like, bro, it's it is what it is. You know, maybe I'm not ready. Maybe maybe it's something else. But it you know, got to keep you got to worry about you. I, I always like to think of about Bill Burr when he goes, you know, he says it constantly where he's like, what's the secret to doing stand up? I'm not going to do the voice. <laughs> I wanted to do the voice, but I'm not going to do the voice. Um, <laughs> he goes like the secret to doing stand up is keeping your head down and just doing the work. Right. Don't worry about everybody else. Just do what you got to do. Um, and it worked out for him pretty well. So I hold on to that. That's my tidbit. Yeah. I mean, because there isn't another Bill Burr. Right. Like that's that's there isn't another Luke. Right. There isn't another Corey. Like it's mm -hmm. it, we're we are the the only version of us that exists. So we do our thing the way we do it. That's why that's why I use the drum for everything. That's why I bring the drum with me to the ring. That's why I bring the drum with me on the podcast, because it stands for consistency. Mm -hmm. It stands for it stands for me continuing to beat my drum, whether or not anyone hears it. Damn, that's deep. <laughs> whether or not anyone's hearing it because i think one day someone will be like you hear, you hear, that, you hear that drum you hear that drumming what what what's going on over there mm -hmm. and then and then i hope that everything lends to everything else and i would hope that for everybody else but in my examples it goes like oh the, oh, the see this pro wrestler who's carrying this drum oh you know he also has a podcast where he beats that drum oh let's listen to his podcast Oh, he does stand-up comedy? He talked about doing stand -up. Let's check out a stand-up comedy. And then it all comes yeah. back full, 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 full. And <clears throat> I just would want to make sure that whatever I'm doing, I'm doing on purpose. I'm doing for the purpose of of of, of serving of, of serving who I always wanted to be. And 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 really having that 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 ultimate check in with younger version of myself. Yeah. And, and being like, hey, I got you, pal. You know. Yeah. I I can't even. I say all the time. If if my 15 year old self could see who I turned out to be now. Whew, yeah. So so glad, so joyful, and it does. He didn't know he was going to be a podcast host because 
podcasts didn't exist, but I I would totally subscribe. I'd, I I want everything I do to be something that I would be into if I wasn't me. Right. If I wasn't me, I'd want to hear my comedy. If I wasn't me, I'd want to watch my matches. If I wasn't me, I'd want to listen to my podcast. So I I think like maybe enough people don't be asking themselves that same question. Maybe mm-hmm. more people need to ask them. If, if you weren't you, would you spend money on checking you out? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely a thing that I think about all the time where I'm like, you know, is this going to make my like 15 year old self happy? Yeah, absolutely. That is something that's always in the back of my head. That's why the, the microphone, the microphone was like, I was big into like all this stuff when I was a kid and I couldn't afford it, obviously, because crazy stuff happened in my life. And then now I'm an adult. And I'm like, I can I can afford all of it. now. <laughs> you can you can pay for the fucking house and and get the Supreme microphone and everybody's still fine. So is it is it a microphone released by Supreme? It is a it is a Shure microphone that they did in collaboration with Supreme. So okay. it's like an official Shure microphone. I even it actually broke on me once and I had to uh-huh. send it into Shure and they were like, we can give you a replacement like black one. And mm-hmm. I made a big stink over the phone and I had like the guys who were like sending it in for me make a big stink over the phone because they were like, look, dude, it's a limited edition. It's he's a New Yorker. Like this is, this is big. You got to just get it fixed. So they fixed it for me, but they were really griping about it. Cause they were like, it's going to cost more to fix than it, than it, than it costs to, to buy. And I was like, I guarantee it. It doesn't cost more. <laughs> it doesn't. So, uh, they fixed it for me, but it, it, it is, uh, it, it is it, like, I had to like, I don't know. There's, there's so many issues with it already. Um, but, but it's my, you know, every time I pull it out, I, I feel like I'm having a good time. Every time I pull it out on stage, it's, it's always my favorite thing because it's like a gamble every time, you know, are you, are you like an audio producer? Is that another thing you were doing at gas? I was, I was, so I was doing, I was like the, uh, so during when I was at Legion of Skanks, I, I used to intern for them. Uh, it's like back in, oh my God, 2017 at this point, I think it was like five years ago, maybe at this point. Um, when I was working for them, I was interning. I was uh, I would run the boards. I would do the sound boards for them at Legion of Skanks. And then during the day when I actually worked there, I was like printing T-shirts for them. That was like my my gig. That was like the they give like the, the T-shirt job to the guy who they don't know what to do with, but they like having around. Um, that was like <laughs> that was the, the role I had where it was like I, I knew I didn't want to do like audio production stuff because I knew it was going to take away from doing comedy. And then also it's like those shows are so demanding because it's not just it's not your schedule anymore it's whatever the host schedule is right so you're mm-hmm. paying you're playing to whatever the hosts are doing and i had a full-time job i had the internship and then i had you know comedy stuff and i was trying to juggle all three um you know and i didn't have the time to be as flexible as everybody else so i was like let me come in for like a couple hours a, a week and print some t-shirts for you guys um and like run customer service like that that was what i would do that's a yeah. that's a, that was a, a cool place to be the two times i was there i i dug it yeah it was it, it, is, it is a pretty cool place um uh if you're ever there again i highly suggest using their bathrooms um <laughs> yeah, well, it's a very very well decorated ac well not only that they've got a bidet have you used a bidet i, 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 I have like... two i have two bidets at my house oh you're yeah you're, you're I, not I, even missing I, anything but I, uh... <laughs> they're great they're amazing <laughs> i i've i've uh I, I I I'm spoiled by it. I can't yeah. I can't I can't poop in public. Yeah. Like I I I just I just feel like I'm I feel like I'm dirty all day. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I I got I got to get clean. Yeah yeah yeah. Even if it was like even if it was like a, a, a like a, a bad constipated dump 
when I went to Gas Digital, I'd always feel good leaving because I used the bidet. You know, mm. you'd be like, didn't matter what kind of what kind of what was coming out. You had that fresh water hitting your butt, and you're like, I'm fine. It really makes your bidet. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get the, I'm gonna. All right, all right, all right. Fun time. Good to see you, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> So I wanted to make sure that I gave you the opportunity to ask me anything you'd want to ask me or yeah. tell me anything you want to tell me while it's right here on the record. For sure, for sure, if it's stuff that has to do with the roast battle that we're supposed to do, cool, whatever. But on mm -hmm. top of that, on top of that, this stuff is outliving us. This is right. this is something that's on the record forever and not going away. So this is for sure the way i'm looking at it and while we're on the record i want to just make sure i mention how stoked i am that this is the just the beginning right this is just the beginning of what our friendship winds up being yeah and and it's been it's been you know it's been like a half hour and we've mm -hmm. been having a fun chill ass time we're we're, we're vibing pretty hard already you know <laughs> we're having a pretty good time um as far as like i don't know like what kind of so what got, what got you into wrestling? I think that's like a, a big thing. I'm sure you've talked about it in the podcast before, which is why I'm like, I don't know what to ask as far as ad nauseum questions goes. Um, I don't want to bore your listeners with it. But. I, I think I think enough time passes in between stuff where if I can mm -hmm. if I can say the same stories, if I can if I can recycle the same stuff, it's not like. It it proves that I'm not lying. Right, <laughs> that's true. It also proves that I'm for sure on this path that I'm saying I'm on and mm -hmm. I'm truly on it. Yeah. So when it came to finding wrestling, mm -hmm. uh, I would say I I kind of really got into WrestleMania 12. Mm -hmm. uh, Wrestle, I think WrestleMania, maybe WrestleMania 13. With Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret the Hitman Hart in the I Quit match. Mm -hmm. That was like what made me go, oh, okay, I really like this. I'm going to keep yeah. on liking this. But like I kind of fell off a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, uh, maybe not even a year later, they had the first Hell in a Cell match, which is Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, which was the also the debut of Kane. That that was like okay, I have to watch it every single week now, and I'll never. Yeah. Uh, I, I I honestly think that if I would have, and this is this is another thing I I've I haven't really dove too much on stage into this, but it's something that like for sure has been an obstacle for me. When I was a kid, I never paid attention to what time it was. I didn't know what day of the week it ever was. Like that stuff was never on my brain. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't keep track of shows to watch. I would just turn the TV on and watch what was on because I don't Right. I didn't I never thought about what day of the week it was. It didn't matter to me. So when I finally watched Hell in a Cell, I was like, okay, Monday Night Raw, USA, nine o'clock, <laughs> gotta watch it every week. And then, and then, then inside of that, the, the, the Monday night wars were there, which, I mean, you probably have no idea what that is, Yeah. but WCW, WCW uh, at the time, you've heard of WCW? I have. World Championship Wrestling. Mm -hmm. uh, they had a show on T and T on Monday nights mm -hmm. that was running at the exact same time as Monday night raw. So like when a commercial will come on Monday night raw, flip over to TNT and watch a little bit of WCW. And then when that went to a commercial, jump right back to, to WWE or WWF at the time. Mm -hmm. and it wound up becoming WWE. In Once they merged together? When they, well, kind of. That's kind of. Yeah. 
the kind of the way I'd like to like, uh, okay. Yeah. That's how it worked. Just, <laughs> just, just easy, easily. Like, I, I love the, I love the, the, I'm um, actually nerddom that's coming through where you're like, well, he's not technically, but like, actually, uh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's fully nerd. It's fully right. nerd time, but, uh, it was WCW and ECW both got bought by the WWE in 2001 so or the wwf in 2001 and then at the very same time wwf was uh being sued by the world wildlife fund like that panda company wwf and they lost the lawsuit so then they had to switch to wwe which kind of was all right anyway because they were just they had just consumed their competitors and became one monopoly right for mainstream pro wrestling and that, and how that got you into wrestling? Like when you were young, you were just like, "This is amazing! I'm I'm gonna." And that's what when you decided you wanted to get into it, or like when yeah, you dude. got older, you like you you put your mind to it, and you were like, "I'm gonna will myself into a body that can wrestle." <laughs> no, when I was twelve, I was into. I was a huge fan of it when I was twelve, mm-hmm. and then when I was fourteen years old, mm-hmm. my friend Scott found a found an article in the newspaper talking about people our age going to this wrestling training center that was like right down the street from where we live. And we were like, okay, we got to go. So it was the, it was the summer before ninth grade. Mm-hmm. I was 14 years old when I stepped into a pro wrestling ring, pro wrestling ring for the first time. And I've never stepped away from it. Hell yeah, dude. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> so I definitely did not have the kind of body that was, that was equipped for pro wrestling. And I for sure did not have the, I I was not a natural at it. It took me a long time to pick it up, but I knew, I knew that I couldn't live in a world where I wasn't good at this. Mm-hmm. It was, and I don't think I had the, I don't think I had the the actual awareness to think that that was the the way it was. But I knew that I had to stay consistent in figuring it out. And even like I said, when I met Eddie Valentine, I. I met Eddie Valentine when I was 16, 17. So I'd already been kind of in it and not picking it up for two, three years before Eddie started like coaching me in the right directions and making me understand the presence, mm-hmm. the presence and, and, the, and the psychology, which I did not. I mean, my other trainer, John, John Dahmer was teaching me the, the techniques. He was mm-hmm. teaching me the techniques and the power but what but for me i didn't have power i was not strong at all so i was a bump dummy for years right. i just let other people throw me around because i was light enough for them to pick me up yeah that's that was kind of what like uh i mentioned earlier i think before we started recording uh i i worked in a in a comic book warehouse that was like a place i worked for a while and i had a couple of wrestlers that i worked with and we would they would be like, oh, dude, I can literally just show you exactly what I would do to people. And because I'm like half their size, it would just be like, it'd be fun. They're like, oh, OK, we're going to go this way. And we're going to go this. And then, you know, people would be like, you got to stop doing that. That's a liability. And we're like, no, 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 we're fine. We're fine. But yes, I've 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 also been been a, a what did you call it? A bump dummy. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I've, I've done that, too. Not to your degree, but, you know, <laughs> I've taken I've taken a crash course. Let's just say that. So that's cool. Like what happened? Have you, have you broken any bones? Like what, what's like, what's the most traumatic injury you've gotten in, in wrestling? Well, or do um, you just have a, a a lingering back pain for forever? 
Well, I think that the 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 research has shown that they say that one match is the equivalent of or at least like one back bump, one like flat mm-hmm. back bump is like the equivalent of being in a car accident. Yeah. So uh, if I've taken millions of them mm-hmm. over the last 23 years, I would have to say uh, my back sucks, but, <laughs> yeah. but at the same time, it's, it's my, ver- I've, I've, I've adapted to it. I've mm-hmm. oriented to it. So it's not like overly ah, ruined. I've been very, very lucky to have been doing it for as long as I have without having injuries, mm-hmm. without having any major injuries. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I know when early on I broke my nose like three or four times. Uh, I've broken like my big toes a couple of times. I broke my thumbs, uh, uh, my ankles, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing huge, nothing major. Yeah. No collarbones, no knees, nothing like no, that. No, no, I, no, no L4, L5 discs. None of that. You're good. No, You're chilling, no. man. That's good. Think, That's really good. I like bruised and cracked some ribs a couple times. And those, uh, as yeah. soon as soon as you kind of like break the seal on it, it's mm-hmm. just as bad every single time. Yeah. It's, so it's like you're more susceptible to it happening again. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just from what I gather, I don't have I don't have the the research to back that up. I've mm-hmm. never talked to experts about it. But from my opinion, my <laughs> expert opinion, for mm-hmm. somebody who's had cracked ribs and broken ribs before, I'd have to say. It seems like once you kind of open the, it's kind of like breaking the seal, like taking a piss when you started mm-hmm. drinking. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> I do understand that in the sense that like the last time, so the last time I sprained something was rather recently. And it was like, it was, I was out, it was, I was doing comedy. I was at um, Jimmy People's show at, in the bitter end in the city, in New York city. And we were, we were like, it was a show. It was like getting a little warm and I had like, four layers on and I tried to take off all my layers at once and I sprained my thumb that way. Um, which is like a great way to find out that you're weak. You know, it's a great <laughs> way to find out how weak you are. Uh, is you try to take four sweaters off at once and you just hear, and you're like, that's not how that's supposed to go. Um, but ever since then, and this was like three months ago, maybe at this point, I still feel like, like the doctors are like, yeah, your, your thumb's fine. But, you know, every now and then I get that ghost pain of like, I, I know, I know what kind of pain this can be, you know? Hey, I, I fully understand like, uh, having a conversation with like your inner bitch. Like, yeah. you're like, wow, my, my man, you're really a bitch today. Yeah. Really, like I, I fully, fully get that. I, mm-hmm. I fully relate in so many ways. I, I laugh about it obviously. Cause you're like, hey, there's nothing you can do. You just, you know work out a little bit more. Maybe that's the, that's the best I can do. That's just your body telling you like, Hey, maybe we should um, try to stay active <laughs> as we get older. But um, you know, besides it's just, it was a little embarrassing was the, the big thing about it. It was just like, this is not, this is not how I want this to happen. You know? Well, I, yeah, I mean, you, you could have like, you could have like, when you took it off and you were like, Oh, that hurts. You could have been like, Oh, I fell down. Ah. Yeah. True, true. I I could have absolutely acted like it was something else. I could have done some some real wrestling moves. I I could have I could have hammed it up a little bit and just been like just punch something maybe and be like, oh no, look at that. <laughs> Throw a fake punch. <laughs> Stomp your foot. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I hit I, I got mad at the wall and I punched it too hard and I sprained my thumb. Should have done that. 
So, some guy grabbed my girlfriend's ass. Wait, you have a girlfriend? No, I'm talking about like ninth grade, and I'm still bitter <laughs> over it. I'm st- exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just working out some inner demons. <laughs> With this wall, this wall reminded me of, of fucking Brian Callahan from fucking seventh grade stealing my girl. Ridiculous. Dude. So, uh, in your in your comedy styles, like w- when you're writing, do you do you work anything out up on stage or do you have like do you write everything out do you like try out new stuff at open mics and then like do it do it kind of that way and 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 maneuver it that way what's your preferred method so my my preferred method so when i was when i was first starting out i would like write everything verbatim and then i'd go up on stage but i I knew that didn't really work for me so as i as i got into it longer i just started um coming up with topics and then i would just be like all right let me riff on this topic and then i'd have like a punchline an idea of a punchline in my head and I'd try to get to that punchline as quick as possible. And then I'd see what kind of natural riffs would come from that. Um, and at this point, it's, it's basically like anytime I get stage time, I'll just like, all right, I'll throw in like a, a new joke or two um, to like just work out just to make sure that like, you know, the, the brain's still working. But for the most part, I'm not really going to open mics as much anymore. Um, I, I work from so I, I live out in like I live out in Jamaica, which is like super far Queens. Like I got to take a bus and then a train to get into the city. So, um, it's not really conducive for me to go to a mic at like eight o'clock and then come directly home at nine 30 and then have to wake up the next day and talk about software sales the next day. Um, that sucks <laughs> as I get older, I'm like, I don't need to do that anymore. I've done, I've done this for like seven years. I know how to write a joke in my head. I'll just keep doing that. Um, so that's what I've been doing as of recently. And it kind of forces you to like sit down and physically write again. Like I'm back in that kind of train where it's like, all right, well, if nobody's around and I can't really track practice anything, I should at least try to get these ideas out somehow. You know, what about you? What, what's your process? Are you, are you a writing guy? I'm not. No, I yeah. mean, I, I have I have sort of premises that I mm-hmm. go off of and then and and try to word it. However, I feel like it would be the most like genuine and sincere coming out of me while yeah. I'm up on stage. And that's how yeah. I'll find it out. I'll find it out while I'm doing it. Because uh, if I overthink it, I'll stumble. I'll stumble. Yeah. And right then you're not it. your authentic self on stage, right. which is like mm-hmm. the big thing that sucks, right? Because like that was like my goal when I first started was like, I want to just be as much of me on stage as I possibly can um, when I get up there. Because like I feel like every time you go up there and you're like kind of reading off a script, it feels like you're just like, you're, you're there's like a party. You know what I mean? Like where it's like your body's up on stage, but your mind's in the back. Like you could have done better. You know, you could have done better. You know, if you were present, you might've been able to riff on that, but you did it. It's like you're doing karaoke kind of like you're, you're just kind of, uh, you're just kind of doing like cover band material for your own stuff. Yeah. Like you're doing Hanson's umbop on stage. (laughs) I'm a cowboy. Yeah. On a steel horse, I ride. <laughs> exactly. Wait, is this is this the cadence? How this is it, goes? Exactly. Is this how it goes? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do. I do like that. That's it's. It really is the. I, in my opinion, it is for for a guy like you who's been doing wrestling for years. You know how like you know how to turn up the charisma. You know you know how to like turn it up on stage. Um, for guys like that, like for guys like us, I don't think that's like it's necessary to be like sitting down and like writing and, and painstakingly writing because it's like, I don't know, 
our brains go a mile, a, a million miles a minute. I'm sure both, both of us at this point. Um, uh, and it just like, it doesn't, it's, it's, you just get, if you get stuck up here, like, you know, you're, you're missing out on everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it, it's also, I think even still, even still the, the, the silence makes me nervous, but I really? can't make that. I can't make those nerves not obvious. Right. Like I can't, I can't make those nerves like apparent to somebody who's watching. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, look how nervous he is. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, oh, well, you know, I got to look like I've been here before. I got to right. look like I've done this before, mm-hmm. like for sure. So Good that's old what, Eddie that, Valentine, baby. <laughs> when it comes, when it comes to the, um, when it comes to like the, the roasts, the roast battles, it's like, we're kind of reading them off of our phones and yeah. stuff. So that kind of feels like, like, like I said, rehearsal or yeah. like some kind of like a, like or doing some kind of, um, like recital yeah it's like i'm like oh let me tell you about this thing yeah this thing this guy's got this problem (laughs) he he comes out on stage with a supreme microphone but there's nothing supreme about him let me tell you that (laughs) like we we could just be doing wrestling promos on stage for our 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 roast like i i want to do like more like heady weird bits like so the last time i did roast uh, before before we had that that horrible bomb uh it was like right at the finale the last time i did before that was uh the finale of game of thrones so i came up with this whole idea in my head that i was too cowardly to come up with where basically the the other person who i was roasting was already writing jokes about me and i was going to come out in full like Jon snow garb uh (laughs) and then i was going to go up to matt right before the roast started me like i thought you told me this was a game of thrones roast and then proceed to just <laughs> roast the show Game of Thrones um, mm-hmm. while this person is just doing roasts against me. But I was too much of a coward because I was like, I don't want to like ruin like they worked hard on, on their end. I don't want to <laughs> just go up here and just be like, hey, everything you did doesn't matter, you know. Um, but that was like a fun idea that I, I had because I think that like that's one of the things that Fight Club is like is really good about is like they are fun with like if you get them on in on a bit, they love a good bit, you know. They love a good bit. What, what, what? Inside of that, like that silence that makes me nervous. Fight Club, Comedy Fight Club, really, really, uh, really shines a light on that for me when they're like, yeah. "Oh, no fucking pity claps." Yeah. So if I if I throw a punchline out there and nothing, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, was it really nothing? Was yeah. it really nothing, or was it just you guys trying to participate in the no fucking pity claps rule? Right. No. 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 For sure, it is something. It is very intimidating sometimes when you are not in the right headspace for it. Um. It. It cannot be uh, a lot of fun. I. I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. Um. Mm-hmm. But when they're with you, you can like, you can pretty much do what you want. Which is why I also wanted to do that Game of Thrones thing because I was like, I think if I what I would be doing is I'd be basically being like, I know that you want me to roast somebody, but I, instead of doing that, I'm just going to do this roast of the format of roast so that I can kind of hide behind, you know, it's like my excuse of being like roasting, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I don't, I don't like the format of roasts personally. I think like roasting is like, it's great. I, I see it as a skill that some people have that some people don't. I don't really think that's one of my skill sets that I want to develop as much as everything else, you know? I also, I also kind of think, and, and for, for years, I rebelled against wanting to do it. Like, yeah. I remember Ash being like, bro, you should do it. Like, you're a comic. 
Yeah. And there's other comics here that like you need to know. So like go be in there. And I was like, yeah. I'm I'm not mean enough. Yeah. I'm too I'm too nice. I don't yeah. know. I I can't I can't pretend to be oh wait i am a wrestler and i do pretend to be a mean guy so yeah. it just makes sense i can do this yeah but it's true it's true you can do it but there's like so much so different than wrestling sometimes you know like yeah. wrestling you can play into no i, I guess it's, it's true in comedy you kind of play to like your physical presence in the room and how you do everything like that it's mm -hmm. it, it, you can you can play it up that way but i could see why you'd be like i don't want to do roasting you know i i understand that completely well, it, also, do you know how many well, times I, I should show you the dms between me and matt how many times i've ignored him for this fucking fight club <laughs> thing he's been like do you want to do this one do you want to do this one do you want to do this one no response and then finally this one i was like fuck it sure and when I said when he said he, I was face, facing you, I was like, this is going to be a visually hilarious battle because you're going to be this big and I'm going to be a happy spot just looking up <laughs> and it's just going to we're going to have fun. Yeah, I, I I don't have any ideas. I mean, I just yeah, I, me I, neither. I'm just I'm just figuring, you know, the the more we kind of know each other. And I think really and I've been I've been wanting to actually say this to you for a couple minutes now. It's like when it ever comes down to like you wanted to like write together or if you have premises, you want to like run past me, even if it's not about our roast, if it's just yeah. about comedy, if it's just about jokes, let's do that. Yeah. Let's, let's do that. I, I would like to be that for you. Sure. If I could, if I could be that for you, that, that'll make me very pleased. Hell yeah, dude. I'm with it. <laughs> I got to hit you up. I definitely want to do, I, I definitely want to listen. We'll ruminate on some ideas. We got to figure out a way to make this fun for both of us. Right. And I think mm -hmm. like making it as fun and silly as possible and making it a show is what I really want to do. So whatever ideas we have, we can literally throw shit on the wall and it doesn't matter. It's just it's at the end of the day, as you said, it's literally like I am thinking of this in an outside perspective. If I was coming to the show, what would I want to see? And I'd want to see somebody going up there doing a like you'd have like two good like regular roasts and then you have some like. Two weird guys who are like, you've seen two roasts already. Let's do something that's not really roast common, you know? You, that's you what know I would love. It's funny that you say that because like I do that, I do that with all my wrestling matches. Any 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 show I'm on, I always say to whoever I'm in match with, like before we go out there, I'm like, okay, let's look at what's before us and let's look at what's after us. Let's be different than those things. Right. So this this match is gonna this match is gonna Dude, we're already on the bring, same fucking wavelength. This, this is great. This match is gonna bring them down. This is match is gonna bring them up. This match is gonna bring them down. And we're gonna bring them up higher than mm. anyone else has brought them up yet. And and maybe maybe we'll steal the entire show. Maybe right. we'll maybe we'll steal the main event from the main event guys, if we're not already in the main event. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's almost like, oh. It's almost like for me to for me to brag about being on the main events of of the level of shows I'm on. It yeah. feels it feels like it feels like, yeah, who cares? Nobody really knows who you are. Bro, like, you got to hold on I'm to not, it for as long as you can. You right. got to hold on to it. what what victories you get. Well, I mean, on top of that, dude, like go, going back to me talking to you about the purpose of things. Right. It's the OK in sports. Everybody, everybody's school has baseball and basketball and football and soccer and MMA gyms are in your strip malls and blah, blah, blah. Like to find a pro wrestling school, you really have to want to seek it out. Yeah. You got to look for it. 
meaning that we are inside of a very elite, like very, very, like very, very obscure outer niche of society. Mm-hmm. So we have to believe that we are even more special than we like while staying humble at the very same time. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a weird balance. And I think like my, my generation that came up. So let's say 10, 15 years ago, uh, we were very much, we were very much bred on, Hey, don't be a Mark. Don't mark out. Don't like that. That would be like if me, uh, me yeah, going, I, know, I know, I know, you know, marking right, yeah. out. Is, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, nowadays it's fine to be a Mark. That, yeah. that, that, that has kind of like, it's almost like when they're like, Oh, I stop being a bitch. Like yeah. that's expired. That has expired. Right. And, and just like being a Mark has expired because all the marks are in wrestling now. Yeah. Like, the, the, the biggest marks of them all are us. Mm-hmm. We, we got in, we were that much of marks that we decided to get into it. So mm-hmm. now the business is only the people who were just the marks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, well, there's no real filter. There's no real, like, there's no, like, it's, 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 it's so like, I love inclusivity. I love mm-hmm. including people. I love the fact that people can feel represented. I love that, like, uh, like, like fans, like a little, a little kid fan can watch somebody who looks just like them doing what, what they dreamed of doing. Right. I love, I love that. But you know, sometimes we're, 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 we're pandering a little bit too much to inclusivity because these people don't belong in this elite and not, not to be a dick. I'm not trying to say like, you don't belong, get out. But it's like, it takes more than you just wanting it. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to do more than just want it. Yeah, absolutely. You, you gotta you've got to be good. <laughs> you got to be good. You got to look, you just like the biggest thing is you got to sh- like really show up like, and that doesn't just mean like when I was younger, I used to think like show up and just like physically be in the space. But like, it's really like you got to bring it every time right Mm -hmm. you have to be present every time that you're 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 going up there you're doing your thing um because if you're not if you're marking out people will tell people will be able to tell people are going to be able to know um i agree 100 percent, man and yeah you're right it does kind of breed like a there's like a level of media mediocrity out there that's like pretty okay like everybody's pretty okay with it um they're not 100 percent satisfied people do notice it but you know well, there's, uh, you know. there's, I guess the, the saying is like happy to be there, right? Happy to be there, and that, that's it. Seems like so many people are just happy to be there, and they're not, they're not dissatisfied with not being the best, mm-hmm. and that's what I think is missing with this, like, like this era of pro wrestling isn't going to get another Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? Like that was a different type of man. Like that type of man doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> right. And that, that, and, and, and same with like, even like the Legion of Doom and stuff like that. Like when it comes, remember the guys with the football pads with the big spikes on them? Yeah. 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 Of course. Like that, th- those were a different breed of, uh, of human. Like that, yeah. those, those kind of people aren't really allowed to exist anymore. Yeah. Like Dusty Roads. Like you can't have Dusty Roads now. Right. Just like a regular kind of 
Am I wrong? I think no, Dusty Rhodes. I, I think Dusty. I think Dusty Rhodes was way ahead of his time. I think. Okay. I think nowadays there's more Dusty, Dusty Rhodes. There, there's more Dusty Roses out there than there are Stone Cold Steve Austin's. Ah, I see. I see. So maybe not Dusty Rhodes, but you know, I I see what you're saying though. I do understand just, what you're saying. He's just a common man. <laughs> yeah. But he wasn't. He wasn't a common man. He was an incredible man. He was. He was. <laughs> that was the he point. Was. But for, but for sure, when it came to when it came to the drama of it, yeah. When it came to when it came to, like the storytelling of it, when it came to like what's right for this, like full picture of it, like the grand scheme of it, what's best? Yeah. I think Dusty was able to to, to recognize that, and I think on top of that, like, I, and I talk a lot about now, like. If you look at the WWE more more specifically than like AEW, when you look at WWE, you look at like they have like staffs of writers and none of these people are like in the wrestling business. None of these people came from the wrestling business. None of these people step a foot into the ring. All they do is write stuff and then, then talent goes out there and does it. Right. And the talent doesn't come up with the stuff on their own. Mm -hmm. They just the, the writers do it. Yeah. So. Uh, I've been saying for 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 a really long time that wrestling should go back to giving it back to the boys. Like that's how, like Stone Cold came up with Stone Cold. Right. Like that's like there's a level of creative freedom that has been like so watered down, yeah. so watered down over the years because there's so much more money and so much more like like public interest. There's yeah. so much more like uh, publicly traded and monetization, brand, brand. baby. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's the Ugh. big, the big Ugh. one. Ugh. Ugh. And it's not like, of course, you want everybody to get paid. That's like what you you go to. You know, you want to when you see the pro wrestlers, you want them to be paid well. They're they're risking their bodies every time they go out there, and unfortunately, they're not even getting paid that much either. That's the crazy part. Um, and then on top of that, it's you know. It's not even like they're, it's not even them really. Like it's, you're right. It's all the writers doing everything. It's, it's a little mm -hmm. like what's happening, man. What happened to this thing? It's, it's the same thing that's happening. Well, I wouldn't say, I don't know. Comedy's kind of in this weird limbo place where it's like, it could go either way where you have these comics that are like really good comics that are pushing out content on, on these platforms and trying their best to like be noticed. But you know, for every two, like one guy, every Sam, for every one Sam Morrill, there's 62 different guys that are like, no punchlines. Here's my crowd work, you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> Not naming yeah. any names, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, some people are really good at it. Like, no, of course, like, of course, like, of course. like, like Jay, like Big Jay. Is amazing. Oh, at, come like, on, don't don't talk like, to me about Big like, J. He's one no, of the I know, I know, he's, I know you like know him and everything. Yeah. But I'm, I'm saying like Big Todd Barry. Like yeah. some some guys are just so natural at the yeah, crowd. But those work. guys are old school. Those guys are from and, a, a previous generation. And outliers. And yeah. outliers. Like they're there's mm -hmm. not they're anomalies. Yeah. So I, I think that it, it goes inside of like and, and I think if you, you listen to any like comedy podcast ever, people will talk about how like there's generations of dudes just doing impressions of David Tell. And there's yeah. generations of dudes who are just doing their Mitch Hedberg or mm -hmm. something like so it's you 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 borrow somebody else's voice until you find your own mm -hmm. and i think some people uh rely too heavily <laughs> rely too heavy on the borrowing and never yeah. the finding 
Exactly. Some people just, they never, they never go and find it for themselves because it's scary. It's scary trying to find your own voice because now you're like, now, now it's not like, now they're not making, now they're not, not laughing at, you know, my impression of like, uh, Dave Attell mixed with George Carlin mixed with, you know, Richard Pryor. Like, it's not that weird mix of like whatever people I liked as a kid. It's, mm-hmm. it's you up there that they do not like. And that's, I think that's why, that's why I like going up with this because every time I, I go up with this, it's literally every time I plug it in, I go, whatever you saw before this, whatever you see after this is going to be different than whatever this is. And if you're not on board with it, I'm sorry, it's happening. You know, it's a great experience where sometimes you'll go up, I'll go up there and I'll have a full crowd of people that are just like checked out, immediately checked out because um, they see this red microphone and they go, fuck this guy not even like they don't know what supreme is they don't know they don't know yeah exactly some people are like you know they're they're not happy about it at all um and i you know i started doing that because i think one of the things that like when i was working at gas it was like you know they're there's they have so much reverence for the previous generations of comedy and i think it's great that they do but i also realized that i'm like look if i keep worrying about what dead patrice o'neill thinks about comedy i'm never going to be able to come up with my own theories on comedy you know like you go up on stage if you ever tried to sit on a stool in comedy you'll have people that are like two years in being like well you can't sit down on the chair because patrice sat on there big j sits on a chair fuck big j big j's not here you know patrice is not here they're not in this room i'm in this room i want to sit i'm gonna fucking sit you know uh, okay, so I I sit all the time. Right, all, okay, good. When, when, when good. I do comedy, I sit all the time. But good. Part partly what I was gonna say is, uh, are you? I'm I'm sure you're familiar with Pete Holmes, right? Of course. P- Pete Holmes. Um, he he tells this he he would tell the story on his podcast back when I first started listening to it. I'm gonna say this is probably like 2012. I started listening to it, mm-hmm. and he would say uh, that he was talking to his agent about the like explaining the idea of what he wanted his podcast to be and and the agent was like yeah that's that's what mark maron does like why why do we need that show there's mark maron already does the show and he's like yeah but mark maron's not me yeah it's not me but it's me yeah that's that's same way i feel about the sitting down thing yes that's that's me Mm -hmm. the same thing i felt about like me wanting to do this podcast because i'm like Okay, there is nobody else who does the things I do the way that I do the things I do. There, mm-hmm. There's nobody else who is a pro wrestler and a stand-up comic and an actor and a podcaster and, and, and have, like, done this, the, 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 like, surviving shit and coming back mm-hmm. from it. Like, yeah. that's, that's uh, I, I would hope, and, and this is something I don't ever talk about on stage, and I, I hope to kind of write something about it just to make like comedy more personal, but you know, it's, it's now, it's now been what, 2011 to now. Right. So it's so 11 years. It's been, it's been 11 years since, uh, since I, I had to, I had to, I had to step away from wrestling for a year because I had brain surgery. Holy shit. Okay. I had the same shit Matt had. I had that 11 years ago. But mine was mine was up here. Mine was on okay. the front of my like they had to peel my face off, and yeah, and they like, if you see that this this kind of dips a little bit in a weird yeah. way here, it's because my fat didn't come back in correctly. Gotcha. Oh shit. Okay. But, 
because like when they peeled my face off and uh-huh. they put it back on, they just stapled it back like like 160 staples across all the way from ear to ear across the top of my head. Uh-huh. I, I didn't I haven't I haven't been able to like make material out of that still. Right. But but before that happened, I had kind of stepped away from comedy because I was I was dating a girl who was doing open mics and then we we broke up and she started bringing the guy who she cheated on me with to mics and I wasn't going anymore. I wasn't Yeah. Do, I kind of stopped I kind of stepped away. And then when this the the brain surgery happened, uh I had to stop wrestling. So I had to I had like this huge like performer hole that was yeah. you know what I mean? Like that that like validate me, look at me. I'm somebody special. Like that that special something of me was was really really in a in a gross place i had to like really go to therapy i had i had real suffering some real ptsd where i had identity crises and i i stepped on stage again and i started doing comedy because i needed it mm-hmm. and i didn't do i i had one joke that i did about me having brain surgery I brought up that I had brain surgery and that got the laugh and it automatically upset me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like, hate when that happens. When they I laugh like, at your premise, you're like, well, I fuck. Like, I, Cause the joke wasn't even that good of a joke, but I had a, I had the severe nerve damage all on the side of my head mm-hmm. right over here. And, and like for the first six, seven months, I, I was just numb Yeah, for the most part. And then out of nowhere, I would just get these sharp pains in the side of my head and I'm like, ah, and if somebody would be like, oh, are you okay? Like, not everybody knew that that was what I had suffered through. And, mm-hmm. and then I'd act like I was having some psychic vision. And they'd be like, ah, somebody with a J name. Somebody with a J name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, did you lose somebody important to you who has a J name? Because they're right here and they want me to tell you this stuff. They want me to tell you something. They want me to tell you that to fucking kick rocks, dude. They didn't like you. <laughs> they didn't like you very much. <laughs> they said that last thing you said to them right before you died. That was the reason they died. You did. That was the reason they died. It's all your you fault. And that's what he said. That would be fun. <laughs> if you just go up there and pretend to be a medium and tell everybody it's their fault. <laughs> no closure for you. <laughs> the zero closure is my closer. <laughs> zero closure is my closer. Fantastic. <laughs> Great wordplay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Oh my god. So so what okay, so I know that you live across the street from your mom, but like what's your relationship with both of your parents at this point? Um so I don't have a relationship with my father really. Hell yeah, uh, dude. Fucking high five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um <laughs> so yeah. kind of kind of similar to what you said about about finding text messages. Uh, yeah, on your dad's phone. When I was twelve, we didn't have cell phones, so right, you uh, had a rotary phone. <laughs> so, so my dad's mistresses would mistresses would call the house. Oh shit! And okay, ask to speak to my dad, and he would be like, "You know who that was? That was my girlfriend." And he would he would say that to yeah. me, expecting me to just go, "Okay, yeah, like, oh, real real cool, dad." <laughs> but like, my dad, honestly, my dad was only in my life. For maybe like two years or something. Really? Uh, when I was nine months old, when I was nine months old, my my dad was cheating on my mom with my 14-year-old babysitter. 
and uh, she she was fourteen. My dad was twenty six. This was the eighties, right? <laughs> yeah, this is nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Okay. So. so. <laughs> George or- Orwell's coming in his pants. He's like, bro, there's going to be surveillance and there's going to be 28-year-old dudes f- hooking up with 14-year-olds. <laughs> so so then so then my dad uh my dad went off and 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 like built a life with the 14-year-old babysitter. Like they went off and had kids together and they were gone for a good amount. I didn't meet my dad till I was like 10. Yeah. And I I finally like I when I met him I was like, okay, yeah, I know who you are. Like, cause he was like, hey, man, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, yeah. do, do you know who I am, buddy? And I was like, yeah, I know who you I'm, are, dude. Yeah. <laughs> How about I? We're at your mom's house. My mom is your mom. Like, yeah. of course I know who you are, you dipshit. Yeah, right? exactly. And then, then, uh, then my mom got sick. My mom and dad started spending a lot more time together. They wound up getting back together. Mm-hmm. So he left the babysitter and got back with my mom. Mm-hmm. Then, then he she got her pregnant. They had a kid, and then he was like, "Oh boy, we can't live in this apartment anymore. We got to move into a bigger house. Move into a bigger house." And he was like, "Oh, once we move into that bigger house, everything's going to be different. Everything was worse. <laughs> I don't know if he's a different was he was he specifying better or worse, but things were worse." He was yeah. more of an abusive asshole because he knew we were stuck. He yeah. Knew my mom was stuck. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my mom, my mom uh, figured out a game plan to move us out. And yeah. we actually moved into this neighborhood that I live in right now. Mm-hmm. But like not in not in this house, not, not in yet, these right. houses, but in this neighborhood. And and then my mom, then my mom came out as a lesbian. Hell yeah. And uh, and my dad was like, "Oh, she just left me because she's a dyke." Like he, he, it can't be him at all. It yeah. can't be his fault at all. Nuts. And, Which also makes you a thousand times better than him already because you already have the like introspectiveness to be like, you know, you you. I'm sure you look at your relationships and go like, "That that one was on me." Like you know, you you're a yeah. little bit more uh, right. accountability than your father. Mm-hmm. I, I I'd bet. But yeah. <laughs> So then, then my, uh, then I guess he moved to Texas. He got married. He got married and took all four of those kids and moved to Texas. And, uh, they, they moved, my sister actually lives in Brooklyn. Now my sister, Bridget, who uh, she's been to fight club. I, I, I brought her to fight club with me once. Nice. Uh, and, uh, Man, it's 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 a it's a long long weaved web. But yeah, no, my mom, my mom came out as a lesbian, and then uh, a year or so later, she got diagnosed with MS. Uh, so then then she couldn't work, and then it was me, my older brother, my older sister, and my younger sister, and and me and my older siblings all got jobs to kind of help with paying the bills, just like. It, very yeah. similar to your story and uh and I, I i just was putting off going to wrestling school because i couldn't pay the tuition for so long and then i got i got this job and i like sold my bike and i had my grandmother take me to the wrestling school yeah <laughs> like it was it was for sure like the most 
the most like biopic of a story would mm-hmm. be your nan takes you to the wrestling school because your mom talks about how you're too broke to do it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then you kind of grow as a person. What, what was that job that you, you got first? Because like my first job was I used to work in the, the Catholic school. I used to work. I used to go to school at. I would go work for their sacristy as like the secretary. That was like what I would do. So I'd answer the phones on like Monday nights. They pay me like minimum wage. Um, and then I would like, you know, hand that money directly to my mom and she had like a little bit of savings. So she was able to hold us together. And then after that, we worked in catering, my brother and I. Sacristy. I've never heard that word. Oh, uh, sacristy is like the, it's like where the priests live. Like they, they live in like the, it's like the like building. The yeah. Like the, there's the rectory and then the sacristy is like the, the office kind of area where it's like, you know where they conduct like i need to book a priest for this you know funeral or something like so that. there's three of them there's like the convent and the rectory and then the convent yeah there's the convent is the uh is where they like go for education i believe and then it, there's i thought that was like the nun house yeah okay maybe it is the nun house i haven't been in the catholic church for a while but yeah i do know that like <laughs> sacristy is the is the office and then the the um the other one is the I fucking i don't remember dude <laughs> i i got taught to read in the in the convent uh, yeah in summer school yeah after first grade yeah oh shit <laughs> wait what yeah they they i was having a hard time with learning how to read when yeah i was a kid I, I, right kind of di- or kind of uh, kind of uh dyslexic mm-hmm. uh see i can't even say it right dyslexic yeah. <laughs> so uh, so i i was having a hard time with reading stuff and and they held me back first grade and then the nun brought me to the to the convent during summer school and taught me how to read and she would smack the shit out of me Jeez. when i got everything wrong but i learned i yeah. learned not officially, but you learned. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I, I mean, I, I, I don't like let too much time go by without me uh, practicing gratitude towards that nun who taught me how to read. She was really consistent. She was well, she really. Did, she did two things for you. She set you up for reading, and she also taught you like that. Hey, if you're gonna get into wrestling, you're gonna have to deal with a little bit of pain. So you had like a little bit of pain threshold before you got into wrestling because of her. <laughs> Yeah, she 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 was beating her consistency drum, and the drum was me. <laughs> I was the drum. Yes, that <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then then um, my brother my brother came out as gay uh, a couple years after that, and then my sister came out as gay a couple years after that. Now she lives in North Carolina with her wife, and they have a daughter. Hell yeah! And my brother lives across the street with my mom. Nice. And um. He's not in any relationships. He's painfully single for like for like the last ten years. Ooh. What's he his was, what's his deal? What's he do? Oh, he's a, he he had, he loves his job. He works for um, he works for like a, a company that does like like medical testing where he goes and picks up samples and drives them places. So he, he he's enjoying that. Like he he loves yeah. driving. That's his that's his whole like piece. That's his zen to be behind the wheel. With some Whitney Houston on or something, yeah. Or like a little bit of Diana Ross blasting. He know? loves the seventies disco and stuff. Bro, I'm on a little bit of a disco kick right now. You, you, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm understanding where he's coming from. I do. They, they got some funky beats. <laughs> they do. 
I do, right. I do respect it. <clears throat> I had uh, I had this joke I was doing. On, you know what? It's funny because I, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about uh, the also, also the part of Comedy Flight Club, which I didn't want somebody to isolate some offensive thing I say and try to cancel me for it. Right. Uh, it the, the whole point of all this, the whole point of us doing this is to have fun and be light right. and do comedy. So I, I was always afraid to write a book. I always wanted to write a book, but I was always afraid that I'd say something in the book that would hurt somebody's feelings. And by the time the book came out or the book had been out for a while, I had changed my opinions on that. I had grow. I, I had growth. I really had a different outlook on things, but then mm-hmm. somebody looks at me and judges me forever for something I said. And they haven't been able to hear me say that. I don't think that anymore. Yeah. So then I was like, oh, oh, maybe I could just have a weekly show, mm-hmm. kind of like Wayne's World, when he's like, oh, the keeping up with the advertising. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what if you had a weekly spot on a show <laughs> where you could talk about what's new at Noah's Arcade? That's how I felt about having a, a podcast. And I was like, um, it's like audio is the new the new literary. <laughs> audio is the new um medium it's the new literature literature yes literature is the word i was li- was looking for hell yeah we got and, there and for, and for sure i mean i will write a book at some point mm-hmm. but i feel like i feel like when i was writing it what i because i i did go i did go forward with writing some of a book and as i was writing it i was like there's a lot of just like bitter stuff that i'm just trying to like get out of the get out of out in the air yeah stuff like stuff that like no one's gonna care about mm-hmm. and like this is all gonna hit the chopping room floor you know what i mean so right uh, i was like oh you know what maybe i'll pause on it and i'll i'll go back to it one day when i know i can <laughs> fill it with yeah. with positivity and fill it with uh something that is a valuable takeaway mm-hmm. That, yeah. I, that would also have a happy ending. But for now, you got to fucking, mud, you know, trudge through the mud for a little bit and then you'll oh, yeah. get there. You know, you got to do that for a little bit for <laughs> <Indeed>. sure. <laughs> you got to wait in, wait in those waters for a little bit for sure. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm a big. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned Wayne's World because I've been like I, I've been trying to think of like I, I've been thinking about Wayne's World as like an idea as like a concept as well, where it's like like Wayne's world is just an idea of like a guy just live like in his basement doing a show. Right. And then that's like, how do I do that? You know, how do I have fun in that capacity? I also thought like, maybe we should just do a roast of each other's dads instead. <laughs> like we should go up there and just be like, instead of like, just be going like, like I'm supposed to roast Corey today, but fuck that. His dad's a piece of shit. My dad's a piece of shit. Let's just roast each other's dads. And then we go up there and we just fucking roast each other's dads, dude. I, I dig it. We Dude, could we we'll split we'll spitball that man we can my my uh the joke I was just talking about was I used to do on stage was like my dad's a pedophile no not me not me <laughs> I was oh like, yeah 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 not not me oh come down yeah. and I was yeah, like I like my I was like my uh, I'd say oh my dad left my mom when I my dad left my mom when I was nine months old for my fourteen year old babysitter and he was twenty six I was like. 
you know, you know what? What what he orders at uh, Olive Garden? What? Chicken statutory. Oh, <laughs> a, a good hey, oh, chicken. Ta- <laughs> chicken statutory, please. Chicken statutory, baby. What's your What's your ethnicity, by the way? I don't know. You just no, mix a no. white. Um, yeah, I'm just Caucasian as hell. This, yeah, hell yeah, dude. Uh, I got. I got the twenty three and me back, and it yeah. was like, oh, I'm I'm point one percent Sardinian, which is like the it's like a Sicilian island, right? So that's the most non-white <laughs> thing I am. There's a more the like is... Irish and English. Ah, Scottish. I see. Irish, I see, English, I see. and Scottish. Ooh, that's a lot of. <sighs> That's a lot. Mm. There's a lot of fighting in there, bro. Some of that Caucasian. was not consensual. Yeah, a lot of Caucasian, a lot of unconsensual Caucasian at some points, I'm sure. <laughs> you got Scottish in you and English. That you know, it's like when people find out, like when black people find out they got like 10% white in them. It's like you know where that came from. <laughs> you know, you yeah. know where that came from. It, it wasn't on purpose on both ends. True, 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 true. <laughs> very true. Very true. Oh my god! Uh, so just a couple more things, man, and then then I'll send you off to the sunset with a hot dog and a handshake, and you can have a Hell nice yeah. day. Yeah. So there's a segment I like to call. I don't know if if you've ever heard me talk about it. It's called audio time travel. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what? I, a point I like to make is I, you've heard me say it already that this audio, this this video, this medium, this podcast is outliving us. Which which was really important to me, like, truly, uh, when we lost Chris Cotton, I had I had gone back and I listened to the episodes that I had with them where we talked about our love for each other and how important that was to have on the record. And the mourning process was a little bit easier. One of these days, one of us is going to lose the other one. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I like to have on the record conversations where I talk about how I truly feel about people. And on top, on top of that, I want the people who, who care the most about you to be able to f- stumble across this and hear a message that's heading directly to their ears. Hell yeah. So, so like your, your mom, your twin brother, they stumble across this audio in 2042. What are the messages going directly towards them that are ways that can inspire them to be a better version of themselves or or maybe if maybe if you have kids one day yeah stumble across this Hmm, that's tough i think i would say to my mom and my brother so to my mom i would say you did a good job you did a you did a good like we're we you know i got i'm 28 now i did i i got through the threshold we thought we weren't gonna we weren't gonna survive but we we did it you know, we, we got past that uh, very scary point and now we're in a much more comfortable place. And that's because of how you raised me. And I'm very thankful for that. And you, you did a good job. You don't need to worry about that anymore. Um, and to my brother, um, you know, just keep, uh, you know, keep keep being true to yourself. You got to you got to be able to you have a lot of really good talents and you got a lot of really good strengths that, you know, you need to you need to be able to uh, to recognize, man, you, you don't um you don't you don't appreciate yourself that much and i think you need to take care of yourself a little bit more that's all um and to my kids if i got kids um 
listen, you little shitters. Uh, <laughs> I love you. If you're if you're out there, if it's true, I love you. I hope you got some nice sneakers on. If you don't have nice sneakers on, I still I still love you. If you if you didn't get into my sneaker habit, that's probably a good thing. So I hope I raised you right. I hope I did a good job. Love you. To thine own self be true, Vs. <laughs> Fucking all right. Uh, it's Corey. It's been real nice. <laughs> it's been a real play. All right. I'm gonna say nicer. Here's a nice thing for Corey. Corey's a nice guy. <laughs> Corey's a nice guy with some bad wordplay sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah, but um, I'm you know I I embrace it and lean into yeah. it. I feel like I feel like sometimes when people go, oh, that's uh, the cheapest and the yeah. most unintelligent. No, I'm like, bro, it comes with some wit and it makes you think. It's and like, you and you have dyslexia, so it's like an extra point as well, dude. You're uh, fucking. <laughs> That's good. Like wordplay with a dyslexic, you've succeeded. You've you've made it. You know. Yeah. If I had to say anything to you, I'd be like, Corey, you're very you're 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 a a very cool guy. I've only known you for about an hour and a half in like improper terms, mm -hmm. uh, and you have a very bright personality. Um, and I'm sure that's that's from you know uh, working through a lot of stuff and. You know, you should be you should be proud of yourself that you've you've gotten to this point with yourself. You know, um, I I needed that. I, I really truly did. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of being silly, but at the same time, I'm being pretty serious because I mean, I I, I have I have some self worth stuff I deal with pretty often, oh, yeah. and 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 these days, especially like I just started this new job where I'm working from home, mm -hmm. so. Is that like, why I'm hearing Teams messages all day? Because I'm fucking yeah, bro. Yeah. Teams is my is my fucking nightmare, bro. That is that is, when I go to sleep, that last little bling, 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 bro. That is the fucking that is nightmare fuel for me. <laughs> that's, that's that's this other computer over here. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. But mm -hmm. but inside of that, it's like I like I my jobs that I've worked up into this, like right. Right before this, I was a server at TGI Fridays, mm -hmm. right? So I was very in, I was very ch charismatic and very mm -hmm. like interacting with people in a way where they could see my energy and really participate in the, in the silliness and the fun and the, and the, just the, the joy of it. Mm -hmm. Mix that with, I was also working at my gym. Mm -hmm. I was also working at my gym part-time. So everybody would come in and it's, everybody's into like, this personal growth and everybody wants their, their fitness goals. And, and people come in there inspiring the shit out of me being like 70, 80 years old and still hitting the gym every morning that it inspired the shit out of me. And then here I started working from home. So I had to quit both of those jobs and now I'm home all day. Yeah. So my, my motivation to get to the gym sucks. My motivation to, to record podcasts when I'm really feeling like I'm not my true self. Like I, I, I struggle a lot with, with finding myself to look like I'm a phony. Yeah. Uh, so like, I'm, I'm experiencing that too, man. Like working from home is, I'm really glad you said that dude, because it, it does. I, I, I feel like, Oh good. I'm, I'm not on an Island by myself because it is the one thing that is like, it is, it feels like you're, you are like literally like, I, I like to compare like comedy itself to like marbles when like you drop a bunch of marbles on a table and you're just trying to keep them all on that table now with work from home it feels like that table's even more wobbly because you're like you're being pushed in like different directions as far as like 
how your job wants you to to act and then also like you it's draining just being at home all day you're not really interacting with people you're mm -hmm. not really like you're not using any of like and you know you worked at a gym and you worked in in in, in uh serving so it's like you're working your charisma you're working your physical side like you're you're a very active person um and you lose all of that when you work from home and and it it, it so, it's so hard to motivate yourself i do understand exactly what you're saying and trying to find whatever little energy you can is like it can be tough sometimes but you like you're doing a good job man you really are thank you thank you okay just a few more things okay Real hit quick. Me. just a few more things on the record i want to make sure i say to you how important it is for for me to get the point across where if you ever in your life from this point on feel like you're alone and you don't have any friends and you got nobody you can talk to who's gonna like hear you and hold space for you and not judge you i want you to know that i'll be that for you and yeah, yeah. i'd be honored to constantly universally be at your service yeah, and you too man. I, I want to make sure that that also gets I, I i say that all the time anybody who's ever listened to anything i've ever done or anybody who's ever watched anything i've done the the currency of your effort is so valuable to me so i really don't have tons of calls to action i don't go like well like and subscribe and make sure you hit the hit the like button and let everybody know and share it let everybody like for sure, if you've listened this far and you've gotten something out of it, by all means, do some of those things. Mm -hmm. If that's the things that you're look at these sweat paint, look at these sweat stains here. Damn, look at those, look at those sweaty stains, bro. We've been going at it, dog. We've been verbally fighting on here. <laughs> We've so, been we've been uh, going at it. But yes, telling I, you telling you how much I appreciate the yeah. currency of your effort, how much I appreciate the currency of the effort. Of the anybody who's listened to or watched this episode all the way through, if this is the first time you've checked it out, there's 276 other episodes uh, streaming on all platforms. Check them out. Mm -hmm. Like them if you like them if you like them. If you don't, if you feel like you don't have the time and you don't and you've you've expended expended all the effort that you can expend <laughs> on on consuming stuff, sure, move along to something else. And, but uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate for, it. Thanks for hanging out. And <laughs> I'm not a hard person to get a hold of. Really, mm -hmm. if if you ever feel like you're going through something, always, 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 truly know that you're not alone. That just just like what Luke just said to me, he telling me I'm not alone. When I'm feeling like Ugh! I'm feeling like my exact. This is me when I'm feeling my feelings. Mm -hmm. There's there's a song uh, that I that I'm really into these days. It's a uh, have you ever heard of Nako? Nako, Nako, a no. medicine for the people. No, no, no. He he says, uh, what's the song? He goes, uh, uh, <laughs> I can fuck with that. Hell yeah, that's my vibe. All I needed was a seat at the table. Shut the front door, sit your ass down. Okay. This is me when I'm feeling my feelings. <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> that's that's me i'm feeling my yeah. feelings now and <clears throat> so the way we wrap up every episode is uh, i've actually i've actually been uh suggested from my best friend to 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 kind of rename this a little bit so i i've been saying uh 
hypothetically, I've gifted you this show. Mm-hmm. So this is the pilot episode, the first episode of Evolving with Luke. Luke Trevis, not Trevos. <laughs> the first episode. And in a very Jerry Springer's final thought type of way, you get the most important takeaways, the, the, the stuff that's going to help somebody be inspired to be a better version of themselves, to evolve their, their ways of thinking. What are those takeaways in, in your best Jerry Springer's final thought, which it's also uh, now I'm going to be calling it go in, go inside, go inside. <laughs> because, go well, inside. My, my shoot last name, my real last name, IRL is Goins. Ah. So, so go inside. Ah, go inside. Ah, I see. I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. So here, here are my final thoughts. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, Thank you for coming today and, and hanging out with us. I hope you learned a couple of things. I hope that you, when you go home today, you think about things and, and you go to yourself, you know, you shouldn't be worrying about what everybody else is doing. Figure out how you can be a better version of you today, right? Think about how you can can go about your life and not worry about what everybody else is doing and fo- focus in on, on how you can present yourself in a way that helps bring light to other people, right? Because we're all not alone, right? We're, we all feel these different feelings and we, we all feel alone sometimes, but you got to remind yourself that, you know, every, everybody's looking for some connection and you can do your best to, to connect with other people. And I guarantee that you can make somebody's day brighter by doing so. Have a good night, everybody. Great. How the hell are we going to roast each other, man? We're two, we're two very nice guys. Do you do any impressions at all? I do. I do a couple of impressions. What's your best impression? Um, I do. I do a really good New Yorker accent, but I can do. Who's a who's a good one that I can do? No, I don't want to do. Uh, yeah, I, I'll do like a. I could do a pretty good Australian accent. Do, do you know Do you know Rene Encarnacion? I do know him. I've, I've of course, I've, I've, I've danced with the devil that is Re- Rene Encarnacion. <laughs> <laughs> so when I had him on, we, we like sat, we sat here and we watched the, the, the pilot episode of Alf. Yeah. And, <laughs> okay. And then, uh, and then I was like, okay, in your best Alf impression, I want to hear you say the catchphrase of how we wrap up the show, which is be fun, have safe, keep evolving. And he okay. was, and then I was like, I'll get everybody to do it as Alf. And yeah. for a long time, I was getting everyone to do it as Alf, but a good amount of people don't know who the hell Alf is. I know who Alf is, but I can't do an impression of Alf. Right? I could, nobody, nobody knows Alf. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, nowadays, I say, "What's your best impression?" And in your best impression, can you say, "Be fun, have safe, keep evolving"? Okay. Let me do it as I'll do Jim Jeffries. Let me okay. just get into my ah ah uh uh cock can't this that yeah hold on what is it again? Be fun, have safe, keep evolving. Hi everybody, this is Jim Jeffries. Be fun, have safe, and keep evolving. That was great. Thanks for your time. Thanks everybody who stuck with us. Remember, be fun, have safe, keep evolving. Also, you know what? Uh, I want to make sure to remind everybody to be kinder to themselves as well. Be kinder to yourselves and uh, think about think about the, the type of person 
like what you'd say to your best friend if if they were if they were talking like this about themselves the way you're talking about yourself and how you'd correct that and they'd say hey be fun have safe keep evolving 